Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Thank you for listening in. So glad you're here. I wanted to start out with some pretty exciting news. I have been working on for uh, a little while and have been dreaming about for years. Years and years. Uh, We are launching the Dinner Party Project Experiences. And we're doing our first ever retreat this summer in Mexico City. So uh, stand by for the dates. They are coming. We will be having one in July and we will be having one in August. They are three-day retreats that are dedicated to rest and to storytelling and um, learning, going a little bit, digging deeper inward, and mostly just having time to unplug, to relax, to meet some new folks. It's going to be incredible. We're going to do have three nights at dinner party dinners and uh, a lot of time to just be. So we will let you know as soon as uh, the spots are available. There is only seven spots uh, per retreat, so it's very limited. It's just me and seven other folks uh, around the dinner table, just like uh, Dinner Party Project started out. So we hope that you will join us and stay tuned for all the details, but couldn't wait to share the great news. So today's guest, we have two guests on. There was, um, if you know me, you would know that I do love a a good dance party. And there is a dance party company in town called La Petite Fête. And they started about a year ago. And they are focusing mainly on Taylor Swift and other pop, very popular music uh, around town. And they started right as we were coming out of kind of really lockdown and um, being able to gather again. So they, their story, we get to hear their story today of how they started, how they've grown. They've done dinner parties nationwide. It's pretty incredible. So I know that you will enjoy listening in on their story. And we did some day drinking today. So uh, I wanted to make something that was a little on the lighter end and easy, super simple, not too sweet. I made a um, kind of like a grapefruit gin um, a grapefruit sage gin and tonic. So with my favorite gin, which is monkey 47, an ounce and a half of gin. I, you can do, you can serve gin and tonic so many different ways, right? So this one, I just put in like a, a large rocks glass that I filled with ice, um, put an ounce and a half of gin in there. And then I put an ounce of sage, simple syrup, which I made. And then I squeezed um, some fresh lime juice, probably about um, a quarter of an ounce, maybe a little bit more. It's not like too, too tart. Um, and then I topped it off with grapefruit tonic. And it was really good. Very, very light. Um, so as we're heading into summer, a perfect summer drink, a perfect day drinking drink as well. So not too boozy, not too, not too heavy. So I hope you enjoy that cocktail, and then I hope you enjoy our guest today, and I hope you will join me in Mexico City for our first ever retreat. Ciao. Cheers. Hi, Courtney and Katie. Hi. Welcome. Cheers. 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 Woo. It's nice to be able to cheers people again. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I was at the guest house the other day. And I was like sitting inside with some girlfriends and I just had this moment of gratitude of like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. No mask. Yeah. Inside, just being with people and what a blessing that was Yeah. to be back, to be able to do that. I know. I yeah. Mean, I agree. Yeah. No, for so long we like couldn't, so I take advantage of every time I can cheers people and Courtney and I do this really weird thing where you have to look each other deeply in the eyes when you cheers. So. Mm-hmm. For luck, yes. But no, I completely agree. There's times, you know, when you go other places, like, because we have been traveling so much, Mm -hmm. like, we'll go to the Northeast and, you know, you can't, it's not as free. And it's so interesting to me 
it is a moment where you're like, wow, this is like, you know, it's nice that we live here and we can mm-hmm. do these things, but it's also, you know, it's nice that this is kind of on the back end of everything. That is the hope. Yeah. Lord willing. Yes. Um, well, thanks for sharing, uh, doing some day drinking with me this morning. Yes. Yes. Our, favorite our favorite activity, day drinking. <laughs> That's how all our good ideas come to me. Fair enough. Yeah. I made, since it was kind of, uh, during the day, I made a lighter drink. Um, and I think it turned out quite nice. It's yeah, very, yeah. like, light, refreshing. I used my favorite gin, which is Monkey 47 mm. gin. Yeah, if, if you're familiar with it, it mm. is, yeah. yeah, 47 botanicals and, um, anyway, it's like a dry gin, but it's so everything. I don't know. It's just so delicious. So, uh, London, I mean, um, Monkey 47 gin, and then I made some sage simple syrup, and then some fresh squeezed lemon juice, and then um, grapefruit bubbly. Yes, so tonic, kind of like a bubbly tonic on top. Um, So it's very light Mm -hmm. and not too sweet and good for a day drinking. Perfect. Perfect for, yeah. It's amazing. I love it. So speaking of cocktails, what would be your... One of your favorite cocktails? Like, what's a go-to drink that you just know that you'll almost always enjoy anywhere you go? So, definitely gin and tonic, for sure. Um, but I also love this lavender Tom Collins that they make in mm. bitters and bubbles in um, in the North Quarter. Yeah. So, um, during quarantine, my boyfriend, we bought everything for it. And Boodles is actually my favorite gin. Boodles? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boodles yeah, so we have... So it's Boodles, and then it's Lavender Simple Syrup. Okay. And then um, a little bit of lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice. Yeah. And then the tonic. Mm. Um, And you can really play with the tonic water however you want. And then I also put, like, a sprig of lavender in it as well, and it's very good. Yeah. That is my favorite cocktail. I'll give it over to you. (laughs) So my favorite cocktail used to be margaritas. Um, And in quarantine, that was my hobby. It was like every day at like 5 p.m. I would make a margarita. Mm -hmm. Um, We did a lot of drinking over quarantine. Yes. 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 So much. Um, And then I got what they call margarita dermatitis. So if you cut limes and you go in the sun, there's actually some sort of reaction that can give you a really bad rash. Which this I, is a real thing. It's a hundred percent a real thing. What are we talking about? This is a public service. <laughs> what? Yes, this is a fun PSA for everyone out there. Do not cut limes and then go in the sun. During quarantine, I would make my margarita on the weekend and I would go sit in the kiddie pool in my backyard and read. Okay. Well, one morning I woke up with a huge rash all down my arm and I was terrified of what it was. So okay. I made like a teledoc appointment. I showed him the rash and I was freaked out. I was like, do I have COVID somehow? Like, I have no other symptoms. And he, we like went through a gamut of questions. And he was like, I know this is like an odd question, but are you cutting limes a lot? Like, have you cut limes? And I was like, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm what? drinking during the day. And he was like, okay, did you go in the sun afterwards? And I was like, well, yes. And he's like, okay, there's a reaction with lime juice and sunlight that some people can have and you can get a really bad rash like this. Like, I'll prescribe you some ointment, whatever else. So, no more margaritas, really, for me, especially in the summer. Okay. Um, much like Courtney, I'm a gin and tonic girl now, but I add a splash of pineapple in my gin yeah. and tonics. So Can you wear gloves? Go-to. Probably. I that's mean, probably, like, probably the better option. <laughs> to, like, really a way to continue to margarita yourself. Enjoy myself without right? getting this horrible rash. Same. Um, but, yeah, that was my fun uh, margarita dermatitis story. So, I hope Who that knew? Now we know. Now we know. Now yeah. we know. The more you know. This is a. This is the more you know. Here. The more you. Wow. Okay. It's very very interesting. Um. Speaking of grabbing a drink around town, around this town, um, what would be like a couple of your favorite spots to have a cocktail with a friend? So I live above. Um. I live above. Rustique, and they have a little speakeasy next door. Okay. Called the... Rustique is in Maitland? No, Rustique in um, Thornton Park. In Thornton Park. Mm-hmm. It used to be, um, Menagerie. It used to be Menagerie, oh, yeah. And now yes. it's like, it's called like the Gilded Cage or something. I'm probably butchering the name right. of it. They have really amazing cocktails. Um, I love, Guest House is my tried and true. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know me, you mm-hmm. know I love Guest House. Mm-hmm. Um, Who doesn't? Yes, everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. And then I like, I love Mathers, too. I think Mathers is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hanson's Shoe Repair, too. What a gem in the yes, city, Hanson's. So, 
you know, I lived in New York, and that's a big, speakeasies were really big there. And so rooftops that was kind of are... Rooftops and speakeasies. Those were things that I was, like, really missing when I came back, and, like, mm-hmm. knowing, like, about Hanson's and even Courtesy and things like that, I've always really loved, mm-hmm. you know, those different, really, really good craft cocktail bars. Amen. Uh, I really love Hanson's. They used to have this cocktail called Death in the Afternoon. Oh, yeah. And it was champagne and absinthe, I mm-hmm. believe, and that was always really good. Uh, guest house is always great. I love sitting outside and um, getting cocktails from the Airstream. And then probably my favorite, Bar in Orlando, which is my friend's house. We do a hot tub wine machine, and we'll put wine what? bottles on the side of the hot tub, and then order McDonald's and eat chicken nuggets and drink wine. A real classy tub. evening. Yeah. It's, yeah. Really, it's really all you need in Orlando. <laughs> a real classy evening. Cocktails homemade with some... McDonald's. Yes. I bet you're feeling pretty amazing then. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. Brutal. laughs> pretty brutal. Um, are you either of you a, a home bartender at all? Do you besides uh, the margarita um scenario? I am not a home bartender. My boyfriend Joe is the big home bartender. Okay. So he does I mean, he does like everything. So he like has a smoker and like will smoke um like his like do smoked cocktails and we have a huge we have this bar that doesn't fit all of the liquor that we have sure. but yeah he's definitely our home bartender and so especially during quarantine he was always um you know really um experimenting with stuff so that's okay. fun it's fun to live with a home bartender I will say <laughs> yes that's very helpful I am not a home bartender I wouldn't say during quarantine I was definitely more adventurous in my bartending skills um, but my best friend, her name is Storm. She is the bartender of our group, and she lives like five minutes from me. And she makes all of her own simple syrups. Her bar is mm-hmm. like ginormous with weird stuff that I would never think of putting mm-hmm. in cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime I want something fun, I just show up at her house and it's like, "Hey, uh, can we have cocktails now?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> she is the the bartender of your friend group. Yes, as you mentioned. You yeah, need one. every you need friend one. needs one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's so fun. I love I love hearing what people's preferences are. Yeah. What they what their go to drink is or whatever they can make at home or I've had so many people offer really interesting like their like particular thing that they is like a comfort for them. Right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. different for everybody, so I know, and it's interesting, though, like, even, like, I bet you if we asked, like, we all three have different takes on gin and tonic, right? Oh, sure. So, like, for me, my favorite is Old Tom's Gin and Jack Rudy Tonic. Okay. So, and yeah. then, you know, like, this is a different type of gin, gin and tonic. So, I think that's really interesting, too, is ever, like, you can have the same drink that you go to. Yeah. We have a different take on it. Cocktails are endless. Yes, cocktails so are fun. endless. So fun. So fun. That'd be a good memoir title. Yes, cocktails yes. Are the cocktails are endless. <laughs> Well, hopefully the book gets written if the yes. cocktails are endless. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so the fun part about Dinner Party Project is people gather around the table and sharing stories, and I just love to share stories. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of dig into your story a little bit and kind of like um, and end up with what you've, you know, started in Orlando and has now kind of grown in that way. But uh, I would love to know kind of like how did you – come to Orlando or like what was that what was why Orlando and kind of like what was like the growing up growing up years like um I grew up in Orlando so I grew up out in the Windermere area and I moved here when I was in first grade so I lived here my whole life and then I went to school out in Lakeland um and then by that point I was kind of really done with Florida I didn't want to live there anymore and I moved to New York City and I lived there for four years um, and I loved it there and I loved my experience, but I just like, I did have a longing to come back home. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you're a kid and you don't know, you kind of only know your bubble. Right. And so learning. How old were you when you went to New York? I was 22 when I moved 22. to New York. 22. Yeah. Okay. So, so still pretty young. Yeah. So it's, you only know your bubble, like when you live in Orlando. Right. So I only knew like the West side of town. Mm. I didn't know much about like the cultural stuff and all of this. So, um, you know, when I ended up moving back. I still lived out there, but I started kind of exploring downtown more, mills, like really learning. And then I ended up getting a house in College Park with a group of girls. And 
Um, I lived there and in Winter Park for several years, and and I've just always loved really experiencing like there's just so many different things like and people you know I would argue it's is cultural if not you know there's so many different things you can do so many mm-hmm. cultural things to do mm-hmm. so many fun things in this area so you know I've never regretted you know moving back from New York I like being in this kind of like smaller mm-hmm. space and then I also really like being. I like living downtown because it's that city life that you, you know, mm-hmm. want to have, but it's also, I'm only 20, 30 minutes from my parents, so that's kind of nice to have that family aspect, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Enough distance from Yes. Me. Yes. <laughs> Always important. Yes. Um, I grew up in a really small town in East Texas. I graduated with 72 people, I think, so okay. a very tight-knit community. Um, I knew everyone from the time I was like three years old all the way until the time I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents were all friends. Um, so very, very close community. Uh, but I was itching to get out of my hometown. I mean, I think I had senioritis when I was like a sophomore in high school. Like I okay. was just ready to leave. Um, so I went to school in Utah for a little bit. I bounced around in California for a while. And then I landed back in Texas, and what brought me to Orlando was actually the Disney College program, and okay. I did that in 2012. Um, I was lucky enough. Uh, somehow, I roomed with five other girls, and all six of us are still really close friends. I talk to them, um, if not every day, on a weekly basis. Two of them still live here, and then the other four, or I'm sorry, the other three um, live in other states, or one of them was in Australia. So that's kind of what brought me to Orlando, and I really kind of fell in love with it here. I worked for Disney for a little while, and then, um, I got into some, like, travel, like, event work, um, and yeah, I love Orlando. I live downtown, just like Courtney. Uh, there's always so much stuff to do here. I mean, the springs, exploring, like, even Thornton Park, Mm -hmm. um, just so much to do here. So I really love Orlando, and it's been a good home for the Mm. past 10 years. Yeah. And then how did you guys connect? So it's a funny story. We actually met on a Facebook group for people. We were fans of a podcast, and it's about pop culture and things like that, which if, like, people who know me know I love, like, Bravo and pop culture, and I've always been, like, a walking people magazine. So um, we met – it was an Orlando girl group, basically, is what it's called, and it was a subgroup of this pop culture podcast. And Katie one day was like, I – my friend is moving to California, and I really need new friends, and – my best friend and roommate had just gotten engaged, and I was like, my best friend just got engaged, like, she's going to be off on a different chapter in life, and, like, I'd love to, you know, be friends, and we kind of, like, chatted for a while, and then, um, I think you ended up coming to my house one time for, like, a girls' night we did, and then we just, like, would get brunch and everything occasionally, and, and then we kind of, our friendship really grew from there, so, mm. yeah, that's how we met. Fun. Fun, and then you too joined forces to create La Petite Fête. Yes, yes. And what is that? <laughs> How did it start? What is the journey? Take us on that journey. A question for the ages. Yes. What is it? Yes. Um, so Courtney and I were at brunch late last April at Neon Beach downtown, and we had been sending each other TikToks during quarantine of these Taylor Swift parties in Australia. Because in Australia, you could go out and do things when we were still locked in our houses here. Um, not so much anymore. No, not no, yeah, no, not no, anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Now we flip flops. They are still <laughs> in lockdown now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we were sending each other these TikToks, and at brunch, we were like, oh my gosh, like, wouldn't it be so fun to do like something like this here? Like, it's never going to come here. And we're like, I don't know, we have enough friends. Like, don't we think we could, like, fill a place, like, Neon Beach up? And we're like, yeah, I, I think so. So Courtney asked for the manager, and it was this guy um, named Chris. He's traveling food guy on Instagram, and he was nice enough to take a chance on us. And we mm. showed him a TikTok, and he was, like, I think a little surprised. Yeah, he was, for um, sure. And then it kind of rolled uh, from there. We sold out that event, I think, by Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and then we had people in our DMs asking for tickets and all this crazy stuff. And the first event at Neon was so fun. I'll never forget. This is still when we were wristbanding people outside and checking people in. And the song Cruel Summer played. And you could just hear everyone inside, like, screaming at the top of their lungs. And I was like, okay. Yes. Um, I'll kind of always remember that first moment where I was like, okay, I think we actually have something that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we were kind of, like – you know, nervous about it, like, how is this going to work, like, Neon, you know, we would have to pay a venue fee, basically, if Mm -hmm. we, and we were like, are we going to be able to make venue fee, are we going to be able to do all this, so, um, but we had posted a poll in a Taylor Swift fan group we were both in, and people were like, we'll travel for it, we'll do whatever, and, and actually that first night, people did come from other places, Miami, Philadelphia, somebody flew from Philadelphia once time. Wow. So thirsty. Yes. Yes. It was very exciting. And then Katie posted a TikTok about it and it went viral and we were off on a wild, Mr. Toad's wild <laughs> ride. <laughs> That's my favorite ride. Yes. Um, and then I think another cool moment from like the beginning days was it, I think it was the second event we put tickets on sale and I was too scared to, like, I don't know, yeah. I get anxious about weird stuff, and I was too scared to look at ticket sales. And if you know me, my phone is always on Do Not Disturb for some reason. And Courtney was like, answer your phone, I have to talk to you. And I was like, is it that bad? And she was like, no, we sold out in, like, 13 minutes. Like, yeah. Wow. I was, I was sitting at my desk, and I was refreshing, mm-hmm. and it kept just going, 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 going. And I was, like, calling her, and I was like, hi, it's Katie. And I kept going straight to her voice, and I was like, you have to pick up, like, we are already sold out wow so, and what is the premise of the dinner of the uh, dance parties so the dance parties is just so the main one that we do is taylor swift so it's all taylor swift music all night okay um we have a costume contest a lip sync battle a costume contest yes people go all out for the costume contest okay. um and they are dressing as taylor yes they dress yes. as a certain taylor era um okay. or like a music video look somebody won one time in her like grammys a Grammys look. Okay. Um, we do the lip sync battle. Lip sync for your life is what I like to call it, like RuPaul. And then we do trivia throughout the night. So we have trivia questions people can ask, and they get a prize. Um, most of the time, they just the most popular prize is to request a song. So people love requesting okay their song and hearing their song. What's the what is a most requested Taylor Swift song? Um, let me think. We have it's just really. It's interesting because it depends on the group, right? So, okay. um, but a lot of songs off of her Reputation album are probably always requested. Um, Cruel Summer is one of our most popular songs that people sing and scream to. Okay. And then a big moment in our night is we play her all too well 10 minute video. Yeah. So she has a 10 minute movie um, music video to her song All Too Well. And that is a huge moment in our night like that everyone loves and looks forward to. So do you, like, project it yes, on? Yes, we project okay. it on the screen, play the whole thing. There's always a rousing um, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal chant. Oh, <laughs> no. I can say that, but, um, yeah, I know, it's pretty, it's pretty poor funny. Guy. Yeah. Poor guy, yeah. Poor guy, I know. Why is it poor Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> no. Why is it? Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, there's always a rousing chant. And, All right. Um, yeah, people just really love that that part um and then champagne problems is another one that is probably requested a lot of times too which okay. is a slower song so i think that's interesting people really do like the slower songs okay maybe yeah. they need like a minute to breathe after so much dancing yes yeah yeah fair enough this episode of cocktails and conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project the dinner party project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table right now we are mostly based in orlando florida Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. What are your individual... 
individual favorite Taylor Swift songs? My favorite song is Gold Rush, which is off her Evermore album. Okay. And my favorite, well, I think I have two favorite songs. The first one is Cruel Summer because it's such a bop. And when it came out, I was always in downtown Orlando begging every Uber driver I had to play it. Um, So that'll always be a favorite. And then I really like tolerate it, but it's a little bit too sad to play at our dance parties. Every so often, Courtney will let me play it at the end of the night. Uh, But it's a real downer. It's called Tolerate It. It's just really sad. It's really sad. It's a really sad It's about, like, figuring out that, like, someone doesn't really love you anymore and they're just tolerating your love. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a little too sad. For it is. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, there needs to be 10 people here. <laughs> Fair enough. So you kind of had this idea. You put it out into the world. Yes. People responded. Yes. It was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, how exciting. Yeah. Um, and then you were surprised and delighted by the response uh-huh. which was great yeah. um and then you had started at neon beach mm-hmm. and then how kind of has it grown from there so yeah so we started at neon beach and we did we actually did a britney spears night too um which we're going to bring back our britney spears night and that was really popular the costume contest was superb at the britney spears night i can only imagine she i feel like she would have some such a yes. uh, a range of choices i mean i'll have to show you pictures they were gorgeous what was one of the most outrageous britney ones somebody came in a Full fake python. Oh like, my! Like the python look, a full fake one. Wow! Of like, uh, like, yeah. Where do you even find that? I have no idea where he found it, but he looked incredible. Okay. And he was wearing it, and um, and then the girl who won, she was dressed as Lucky, and she looked exactly like Lucky. It was crazy. Um, and then we did a boy band night as who's, well. Who's choosing the winners? I do. I choose. Oh, well, you both do. Of us do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's more the crowd. It's a crowd choosing. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, like, by popularity, basically. Um, but, yeah, we have to choose based on, like, the crowd's cheers, and sometimes that can be pretty intense, too, because sure. people have, like, a whole friend group chanting for them. Right. Um, so we did that, and then we had people, they were coming from Miami and Tampa um, and Jacksonville and Gainesville and Tallahassee, so we were like, you know, like, maybe let's explore doing it other places. Okay. Um, so Katie went ahead and called some places in Tampa, and one of the places she called was the Orpheum, which is in Ebor City. And um, the guy who owns the Orpheum was like, yeah, I'd love to do it, but I'd also like to talk to you about taking this on a tour if you're interested. And my business partner, his business partner lives here in Orlando, and they kind of talked to us, and they were like, you have a really great idea, and people are really responding to it, and why not take it other places? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one we did was Atlanta, and I actually couldn't go. I was so nervous because, you know, it's one of those things like we were talking earlier, like relinquishing mm. the control, and like I just felt bad leaving Katie to do it by herself, but she was sending me these videos all night of like a full house in Atlanta, mm. like people singing and screaming Taylor Swift music, and I was like, oh my gosh, we really have it, and then I went to them, we did it in Miami, which I would consider Miami to be probably not a market that I would have considered like have a ton of Taylor Swift fans. I mean, that's just maybe an assumption I had. Right. But we sold that out. We've sold it out both times we've been there. I would feel like they would have, like, a good... Yeah. Like, were into pop culture. Yeah. Pretty heavily. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, because, like, they, like, you know, I mean, that's more a than nightclub like culture. Or I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking because it's a nightclub culture there, like, uh-huh. with EDM and, like, things like that. So we sold it out, and it was crazy. I mean, everyone was just, like, going wild for... We did a Taylor and Olivia night there, so we did Olivia Rodrigo as well. Okay. And there's this amazing you TikTok of young ladies on yes. the hook. Yes. Okay. There's this amazing TikTok of these girls, and they're like crying to driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo, and that's when I was like, okay, I think this is a really good, this is a good place to be. So we've done a lot of Taylor and Olivia's. Those have been a popular one. We do just Taylor, and then we just started. Last week, actually, we did a Taylor Swift and Harry Styles night at Will's okay. Pub, and that was really popular. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. How often are you doing these parties? Uh, <laughs> no, um, we love doing these. So, I think last week was our seventh week in a row on the road. Mm-hmm. Between the end of January and the end of May, we'll have, well, it's going to be over 41 shows now mm-hmm. because we added a few, but I'm assuming, like, close to 50 shows. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming that that'll stay pretty consistent throughout each season. So, okay. 
Uh, we travel a lot. We usually try to take one weekend off a month, but sometimes <laughs> it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So we live and breathe uh, dance parties. Now. Yes, we do. Right. For the dance party girls. We have this giant dance mom's trunk that we <laughs> drag all around and it's full of all of our decorations and stuff. Um, so yeah, so we'll do anywhere between two and three, uh, three nights a weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like, if you go to a city, like a different city, then it's like mostly there. Like, is it also in Orlando or is it? No, like- yeah, we'll do them. So, I mean, for example, like when we do like a Texas run, right? We mm-hmm. do three weekend, three nights in one weekend. It's Dallas, Houston, Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio. So. Oh, different cities. Yeah, different cities. Oh, but just kind of okay. all in the same at least area. Right. Yeah. Okay. And we've done like Asheville, Charlotte, and Richmond, Virginia kind of thing. So kind of in the same vicinity, but okay. you know, not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but enough of a different demographic that people are, you know, coming to each different people are coming to each one. Okay. Yeah. So as young female entrepreneurs, like where do you kind of like wanna see this grow to? I mean, I think that I can speak for both of us that, like, this has, like, been such an interesting ride, so I'm just kind of seeing where it all goes, but the next thing we're working on is monthly nights in several cities, so we have, um, Wills has been generous enough to say, like, this is your space, like, once a month, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, try whatever you want, and so we're kind of using that as, like, our... I like to call it a test kitchen to see, like, okay, what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had other bars that want to do that, too. So we have a bar in Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Atlanta, and in North Carolina. So those monthlies are really going to be probably our next big step is, mm-hmm. like, having these monthly nights with different types of things, not always Taylor Swift. You know, sure. we're going to do – we'll bring back Britney Spears. We'll do, um, you know, a Beyonce maybe, a Lady Gaga – um, you know, trying just different things and seeing what people mm. really like. I thought about like a cowgirl themed one, like with like Shania Twain and Casey Musgraves and even Dolly Parton. So, um, just so like is a, it like finding the DJs in different cities? So we like, actually are um, so blessed that we found a really great team of DJs that live out of here. Okay. And they just really just... understand our concept and we have about five or six of them. Okay. And we, they're just going to, we're sending them and we'll go with them sometimes. And then sometimes the goal would be maybe that they go either by themselves or with an event assistant, you know, mm-hmm. if we do choose to, like, grow in that sense. So, sure. Um, that's kind of our goal right now. But, yeah, we've been really lucky finding people who really get the concept because it's actually – it is hard. Like, some people don't get it, and they, like – like, a funny thing in, like, Miami, the girl played a Bad Bunny remix of a Taylor Swift song, and people were so mad. They were like, no, this isn't – this is my – like, I know it's, it's Miami, not, but I want Taylor Swift. Right. So, interesting. You know, finding people that really get the concept is really important to us, mm-hmm. and especially people who will play Taylor's version because she re-recorded her music um, and really showing respect to that. Yeah. So we've been lucky to find people that get it, and, and they really are with us, and we try to take the best care of them and kind of – bring them with this us. This is such along. a, like, a, a, like, a culture. Like, yes. I am not clued in <laughs> at all. I know. Yeah. 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 How did you, like, when, I guess you just grew up on Taylor Swift? I mean. Yes. No, yeah. seriously. I, um, actually, my family, they went to, like, this thing called Waterpalooza in Knoxville, Tennessee, and she performed there when we were, like, 14. <laughs> Oh, okay. And my mom was like, oh, I think you would really like this girl that performed. I wasn't there, but she was like, I oh, think you'd okay. really like this girl that performed. And that was when her first album was coming out. And, you know, I was, like, having, like, a little high school heartbreak. I put that in quotations. <laughs> um, and um, Picture to Burn was, like, my jam. And then I really – we're the same age, so she and I were born – she's – I was in October, and she's in December of 1989, so – We've kind of grown up together, and I feel like her experiences have really been, you know, my experiences, too. So, yeah, I think it's really cool to kind of have somebody like that in your life. And I think that's what girls are seeing now with, like, the Olivia Rodrigo stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, somebody who, like, is really speaking to their life experience. But she's a little bit younger, right? She's much younger than us, yes. Right, okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like, younger girls now, they're, like, seeing that. They're, like, you know, somebody who speaks to what Mm -hmm. they're going through at that Mm -hmm. time. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. 
Katie, how about you? Yeah, I have uh, just always loved Taylor Swift. I remember my dad got me her uh, first album for Christmas, and it was the only CD that he let me play in his car because I was, like, a little emo kid growing up, and I listened to, like, Screamo and, like, Taking Back Sunday, um, and my dad hated that stuff. So I think he got that CD for him and not really for me. <laughs> but little did he know, all these years later... Um, it would pay off. That it would really pay off. But, yeah, I've always loved Taylor Swift. Like Courtney said, um, her music is just so relatable, and I... You can say with any artist to a degree, but, like, it really does sometimes feel like she opened your journal, and mm-hmm. it's like, how did you know that, like, I went through this exact thing, and she just has such a way with words and the lyrics. Um, lately, I would say within the past, like, ever since Reputation, she's just been, like, a really big advocate for women supporting women, mm-hmm. and I think that that's just so important, um, especially now, and it's just nice to see someone, uh, a female, like, pop star I guess you could say that people look up to that really just kind of advocate women supporting women instead of like tearing each other down and I think that that's been uh really cool Mm. yeah for sure I think that's important Mm -hmm. you know and that's the that's what I think I love about our stuff too is it builds like such a nice community like we've had people tell us like oh we came it's like similar to the dinner parties right Mm -hmm. we came we met friends we did we came alone we met people Mm -hmm. you know and that I think is so impactful in this world Mm -hmm. like that you can come and maybe have even just a shred of common ground with people like and sometimes I think you find common ground in really different places but you know in a in like a Taylor Swift night you're coming because you all have that one thread Mm -hmm. right so I love when people tell us like how much they how they made made friends and Mm -hmm. like there's this group they met on TikTok and they came to one of our Austin shows just stuff like that just really warms my heart. Mm. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the cool things about these dance parties, like, two things. Number one, the timing of this was just great, right? Like, we spent a year where we didn't really have community in the normal ways that we were used to. It was, like, Zoom calls and FaceTime dates and, you know, sitting uh, in your car and talking to your friends on their porch. And finally, we were able to go out and, like, be in a room with people who you knew you had some similar um, interest with and I think that was really powerful to feel that sense of community again after such a long time without it mm-hmm. and then um, and I also think like for so long there hasn't really been a space for women like this like there's always events that are going on around town and it just never seemed like there was a space just specifically for women to like kind of come and enjoy themselves in a safe environment and that's like the kind of stuff that I love to see when girls will post on our TikTok where it's like I want to come alone but I'm kind of scared and other people that have attended our dance parties will be like this is the safest you'll ever ever feel in a bar everyone's so nice Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. the weird guys hitting on you like it really is just like a safe space for you to come and like enjoy the thing that you're interested in so I think that's been really cool yeah Yeah. and we I mean we also have guys that come and I love like a supportive boyfriend in the audience like yeah we had a guy one time he wore a shirt that said I'm I made many things but at least I'm not Jake Gyllenhaal so poor Jake Gyllenhaal is hate but um you know I think that kind of stuff is really nice too and and like I said it's just it is it's such a good supportive environment. Everyone's just mm-hmm. very excited to be there. They're yeah. just happy, you know? So that's, I think that's special and it's a magical yeah. feeling. So in this journey, has there been anything that has been kind of like something that's been like a diff- difficult period or something that was like a hard, like thing that you had to like figure out or overcome or something that was unexpected or like, what has been, has there been, a, like, a moment that's been, like, a like something you had to kind of, like, push through to figure out how to get to the other side? I mean, I think just, like, the exhaustion of it and everything like that is really hard mentally, you know, just, like, traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. That's been hard. But then also, you know, we've had, we had a huge, we came out the gate really fire because she had released her Red re-release album. And, you know, we're kind of seeing, like, a lull in that right now. Mm -hmm. So it's just trying to find new ways to keep people excited to come and keep people engaged when they're coming Mm -hmm. um, until she really releases another album and her excitement comes back up. So that's why I'm excited because Harry Styles is releasing a new album, like, to include him on the nights and kind of introduce that to a new group of people. Um, You know, I think... I think that's definitely been, like, kind of a difficult part, but with the exhaustion of it all and, like, 
you know, just missing home, missing your family, Mm -hmm. but then also just trying to find ways to make sure that it keeps relevant. Yeah, I think for me, one of the hardest parts of this was deciding to, like, quit my full-time job with (laughs) benefits and all of that kind of stuff. I worked in um, tech marketing before this, um, and making that jump was scary because we we were seeing success, and we're still seeing success, but it was like my safety blanket was being taken away, right? So coming to that decision, it took me, I would say, probably, like, I don't know, a month or two to really, like, be comfortable with the decision of quitting, and I luckily made the decision and things have really worked out but in the time doing both jobs was really hard and very taxing but also kind of making that jump and being like no I'm gonna give 110 percent um to these dance parties was Mm -hmm. probably one of the harder um things on me throughout this journey I like how that was not the hardest thing for me I was like why (laughs) (laughs) no I did love my job and I miss my old co-workers but I think sometimes you just kind of have to yeah, take so a, it's take time a leap to go. Of faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. see what happens. If it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Was there a moment over the past year that has been something that you've like looked back with like a lot of pride with, like and saying like, "Wow, like we we've worked really hard. We've really created something. Like I am so proud of what I have worked towards." Yeah, I mean, I think there's several things. Like one, we were featured in Business Insider. That was really exciting. We were featured in Newsweek. That was really exciting. Um, and then our Nashville show, that was our very first thousand plus person show. Um, and that just like was, and for me, that was just so important because that's kind of like Taylor Swift's backyard, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like, that was one where I was just like, almost like misty eyed because I was like, this is so cool that all these people are here and they're having the best time. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of my big like, this is amazing kind of moment. Yeah, um, several over almost the past year, but one of the ones recently, we were in Dallas in February, Uh I believe, and there's a venue there called Trees, and I had been there um, as a teenager, like, going to shows there, and it was really cool to sell out that venue and be like, oh, wow, I remember when I saw this band here, this band here, Um, and that was a really cool moment um, for me. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, is, like, a lot of these venues, like Trees, for example, Kurt Cobain, played there and like some other places we've been like the Foo Fighters have done it or like Amos Lee like these big names and you're like oh my gosh you can't believe I'm like in the ranks of these big names during this Taylor Swift night like and like it's such a cool thing too like Mm -hmm. to like and I think that even the venues they come away with like a certain amount of respect for the situation because they're like wow I didn't think like, we kind of get in there, and they're like, oh, I can't believe we're going to have to listen to Taylor Swift all night. And I, right. Sometimes I'll joke with the bartenders, I'll be like, talk to me when you're counting your tips. Sure. And they really are always so impressed by it. They're like, wow, this is amazing, like, you know, that this many people came out to listen to this music. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with yes. us, and La Petite Fête um, is going to be continuing to grow and thrive. Um... The next topic that we're going to jump into is one of my absolute favorites, which is the Enneagram. Yes. Yes. Um, So thank you for digging into that a little bit with me. Mm -hmm. And so I am interested that both of you have, feel like you have landed on kind of the same number. Yes. Same space. Wild. Yeah. So we're both twos, we found out. Both twos. Which made a lot of sense when we found it out, so... That was good. Um, the helper, the giver. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's always been the, the one that knows how to make all the things happen. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that's the best part of being mm-hmm. a two, right? You know, I think there's certain things that with me where I'll say, like, I have to kind of step back sometimes and be like, okay, your two is showing. Like, you need to, like, for your mental health, you have to, like, kind of, like, tone it down just a little bit. Like, it can't, like... You can't always be helping. You can't help people who don't want to be helped, things like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, that's been something I've been trying to kind of the last, like, two years, you know, really work on for me at least. Okay. Yeah, I um, I love being a two most of the time, <laughs> I would say. Um, yeah, kind of like Courtney, love helping people. Um, being an empath is both a blessing and a curse, I would say, sure. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really interesting that we both stumbled um, upon this job because I think it really does fit. Um, I think it fits perfectly with the two. I mean, the thing that I love most about these parties 
you know, minus the exhaustion and everything else that comes with them, is at the end of the night, I can stand on stage and watch people have, like, literally the time of their lives, and it is mm-hmm. so fulfilling to be like, I gave people a space where they could come and enjoy themselves, and just have a have a great night with their friends so that's been really interesting and I think it's funny that we're both twos and we probably both get a lot of joy from that yeah um but yeah being a two is great most of the time I think like most twos I struggle with boundaries Mm -hmm. um a ton in my life and I luckily have a great therapist that helps me try to set boundaries everyone should and everyone should this is a PSA um, but no, I think that's just something that throughout my life I'm going to kind of, you know, um, have peaks and valleys with, mm-hmm. and, um, as I've gotten older, my boundaries, I am not so scared to set boundaries anymore. I'm still not great at it, but I'm mm-hmm. a lot better than I was in my early twenties. Sure. Um, but yeah, overall being a two is, is a great time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, I think, you know, I think it's important, you know, with therapy and things like that, like finding your space, you know, it's, it's so hard for me to know I'm going to hurt someone's feelings or I'm going to have to say no to something, mm. but you know, you kind of have to take a step back and do that and kind of get out of your comfort zone sometimes as well. Absolutely. For growth. Yeah. Right. We're always, sure. we're always hoping to be <laughs> heading towards that growth yes. stage. Um, and so growth for eight, for, um, twos is an eight. Yes. Right. I mean, sorry. Um, Growth for twos is a four, and in stress, it's an eight. Yes, stress yes, is an eight, right? yes, which we knew that, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so how do you, how have you kind of seen, like, those, like, growth, growth and stressors, like, kind of some of those markers, like, along the way? I mean, for me, I just, like, I, we talked about this earlier, like, about the eight and, like, the controlling aspect and the mm-hmm. and stress, and, like, mm-hmm. sometimes with stress, too, it's, like, controlling even when you can't control things, like, you're, like, trying to find something tangible, so... You know, I think that's something important to, like, kind of just keep in mind as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think I'm still kind of learning all of it. And sure. And still kind of, um, you know, finding. And it's funny because we're both wing threes, too. So sure. it's, like, one of those things, you know. And it makes sense. So we were both like, oh, my God, so much makes sense now more about, you know, the way both of us do things. And, like, that makes complete sense, too, mm-hmm. so being twos. Yeah, I know now what to look for with my stressors, right? Yeah. I know certain signs, like, um, I will pour my vase out to help someone else. And I've learned mm-hmm. throughout my life that, like, hey, you have to find someone to pour in your vase or else you're not going to make it very long <coughs> afterwards, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a good time for you. Right. Um, so I try my hardest to make time, especially when we're home, to, like, have my vase filled and to go spend time with my friends here or mm-hmm. to even take a day to, like, decompress and just not do anything. Um, and then as far as growth goes, I really just think, kind of being able to set those boundaries and to prioritize myself over others has been really critical. And again, I'm, I'm not by any mm. means perfect at it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with this, I would say daily. Um, but I notice, especially when I get just really stressed out about certain things, I kind of like have to take a step back and do kind of like a checklist. Um, did mm. I, did I eat today? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I sleep well enough last night? Mm-hmm. Have I seen my friends lately? Um, what would make me feel, do I need to go for a walk? Do I need Mm -hmm. to cook something? Um, so luckily I've developed the habit of when I kind of notice a lot of, a lot of things going on that feel out of my control is to kind of step back and like do this checklist. And usually there's something on this checklist that's missing. It's like, okay, well you didn't eat breakfast or lunch and now it's 4 PM. Like (laughs) don't eat something, you crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. And I think with growth, it's also like learning those strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and really like paying attention to that. And like I said, stepping back and being like, okay, I need to, you know, do what is best for me first. Because like you said, like if you're dumping your vase out to try to help other people and they're not helping you fill your vase back up, like that is just something you have to really take a look at. And I think that's been something that I've struggled with, but kind of cresting into my thirties, I've really started looking at that kind of stuff more deeply. Mm hmm. How would you say, kind of understanding the Enneagram and, like, all nine numbers, like, how would you say that has been um, in relationships with other people? Yeah. Um, I feel like, honestly, I just feel like some of it 
makes sense with people. Like I said, you know, my mom's an eight and like, so, mm, you know, kind of like learning a little, like learning the, your Enneagram number and learning everybody's Enneagram number. Like I've in a group of friends and we've taken the test all together and it just kind of like those small little character things that you, maybe you noticed about somebody that mm. you like didn't care for, you know, in ones that clash, you clash with, um, you know, I think the numbers really do make a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. like, I, that's what I like about kind of personality tests and things like that is just, right. even if it's like, as a whole, if you're taking one or two things out of it and you're learning something about a person and how you can communicate with them, I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start asking my friends their Enneagram number because I don't know any of my friends in Enneagram. So oh, really? that's going to be my activity this afternoon is to take this test because I want to know what you are. Um, but I think aside from that, just knowing that I do dump my vase out for a lot of people, mm. I think that it's important Self-awareness. in friendships mm. and relationships to sometimes draw those boundaries and be aware of like, hey, I, I dumped my vase and I don't have anything left to give. I know you want me to give more, but I have nothing left and I need you to give something mm-hmm. back or setting stronger boundaries <clears throat> with certain friends or in certain relationships. Um, the self-awareness, I think, has been really important um, for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, and like sometimes I like to follow the Enneagram Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like this is you, because <laughs> I know all my friends. I'm like, you're a four. You have problems. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think it's so it's <laughs> fascinating. I think that it's you know our personalities are in our lives mm-hmm. are a combination of our DNA. Like we right. don't choose. Mm-hmm. I think, and then circumstances in life, like what comes at us and how we deal with it, and how our childhoods like shaped us and right. how our just instinctualness has shaped us and like and then we get to like once we see it you know that self-awareness I think is one of the most greatest gifts that we can offer the world Mm -hmm. and saying like I know myself and like knowing also how to um, engage with other people Mm -hmm. in the best way you know like they might be coming from a very different position than I am and so knowing how to give them grace giving more grace to myself and ways that I'm not you know fully fully whole, <clears throat> excuse me, or fully grown, so I I just always love chatting about it. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it's so interesting, and yeah, it, I think it definitely makes sense yeah, for does. both of us. I think one of the best piece, pieces of, of advice as a two that I've been given was from my therapist, like, probably three or four years ago, and he was like, you can sit people, you can sit with people in their dark places, but you don't have to live with them there, mm-hmm. and that has just been, mm-hmm. like such a good piece of advice, especially as a two that I've just taken since then and, like, just really remembered, especially when I see people in my life struggling, it's like, okay, I don't have to live with you in your pain. I can be here, but I don't have to fix it for you. And I think that's been important. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, to know there's so many different ways to be there for a person and you Mm -hmm. don't have to give, you know. And, like, also a thing that I've had to learn, too, is, like, my biggest thing has always been treating people the way you want to be treated, but, like, unfortunately people just don't always treat you back the way that you want to be treated Mm -hmm. right so you kind of have to do that with like a grain of salt or just some boundaries 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 are so important yes (laughs) boundaries is our big our big thing the buzzword of the day yes Yes. um so the final uh thing that we're going to chat about as we wrap up is actually my favorite topic which is rest and so how do we step back from the world um to regroup renew restore um, rest and Sabbath is like to play, mm-hmm. to discover, to physically rest, to kind of like you're saying, fill up your vase mm-hmm. in, in your words, um, in, you know, uh, running your own thing is a lot, right? Yeah, and so it it's when it's all on you, sometimes it feels like you can never take a break, but if we don't take care of ourselves, right, then mm-hmm. that will be a very real reality of yeah. burnout in that way. So what... Um, practices of like rest, um, do you incorporate in your, in your life? So I am a big meditator, so I will meditate after every one of our events. I take 30 minutes and I meditate, um, and I love the Calm app is my life. Um, and then another thing that I do is I designate one day a week and I call it, normally it's Tuesdays, so I call it self-care Tuesdays. Okay. Um. And I will go, I will do, like, yoga, or I will um, get a massage, or I'll get my, a facial, or I'll get, I started doing fake eyelashes, so I get eyelashes done. Um, I'll get a pedicure. I just do one or two things just for me, 
Um, and you know, I still have my phone on me. I'm not hundred percent unplugged, but it's just something that I'm like, okay, I'm doing something for myself. Um, and that's been something it's hard to do too, cause it's hard to take that time out. Right. But if you don't do it, I've just noticed like when I don't do it, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just like, I didn't have my time. I need my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also like, I love just like my time with my dog, like walking mm-hmm. my dog and me and my boyfriend Joe will walk her. We do a big walk around like Yola almost every day. And, you know, just little things like that. I've just really learned to cherish like the times you get with people because mm-hmm. we are gone so often. Um, but yeah, so my big day for myself is really important to me. And even if it's even just a half day, just like mm-hmm. at least two things in that day that I do just for me with limited cell phone. Um, and that's just really important. And then the meditation, which I highly recommend if you don't meditate, you should definitely do it. It's so good. Um, just to get your mind right. And I lay with my legs up because it's like, mm-hmm. I read that, that like helps the blood flow to yes, your brain. It helps your blood flow and it mm-hmm. also helps like relieve stress too. So, yes. um, and then one last thing I'll say is my mom's big thing is she gives 10 second hugs for your endorphins. Absolutely. And that is something that I love to do too. So yes. Yeah. Those are my big rest, my big rest pieces of nuggets. Of sure. Wisdom. Um, I struggle with rest, which is no surprise uh, to anyone that knows me. Uh, I don't think I ever, when I was growing up, my, um, my dad would always tell me that, you know, if you own your own business, like, you work your normal hours, but then when you're not working, you're thinking about work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that to be 100% true. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for me to kind of, like, shut my mind off at the end of the day. I would love to say I meditate or do yoga. Um, I do not. Yeah. But I think where I find rest, especially during the week when we're home, is um, all my friends still in Orlando still work from home. So we'll go to one of my friend's houses. Her name is Storm, and she lives in Delaney. And we'll do, like, we call it we work, um, and we'll just all sit around the table and work together. Okay. And it sounds really weird, but we've all been friends for 10 plus years now, and we're comfortable enough to where just sitting at a table with someone you love is comforting enough, and then we'll order lunch at the end of the day, we'll have happy hour and get in the hot tub, and so I think lately, that's mm-hmm. where, like, I find my rest, and then when we're on the road, I always try to make time to get out and just see one thing in the city, to go, like, have a drink before the show, to go walk around, um, if we're anywhere where there's good, like, hiking, I love to go and do that. Um, and I drag, uh, our photographer, Matt, on these weird journeys with me, but I try to do something for myself in every city we're at, so it's not like, okay, hotel room, shower, get ready, go to show, go to sleep, wake up, drive, cycle repeats. I try to kind of break up our day and at least go see something, Mm -hmm. um, in every city, so that's kind of how I've been resting lately, but trying to get better especially as the business grows to take more time for myself um so that I don't get burnt out as quickly yeah for sure so if you have one day 24 hours it could be here it could be anywhere money is of no object if you had an entire day off what would like an ideal day of rest look like okay I would go get something good for breakfast I would sleep in because I love to sleep so for me, when I'm on the road and stuff, I just like prioritize sleeping. Mm -hmm. And like, if I see Charlotte, North Carolina, then I see it. And if I don't, then I'm good. You know, I'm like, as long as I'm rested, I'd sleep in, I would get maybe a little bit of brunch. Um, my favorite brunch place here, I would probably do White Wolf here. Okay. Okay. Cause I love that. Um, and then I would go get a massage. I love massages. They're so, and then I would probably do like a yoga practice um, get a pedicure and, um, then I would just end watching like eight hours of my favorite of like Real Housewives. Like that's really <laughs> like my, my space is like, it doesn't have to even be a lot of money. I just love, you know, having like a vegetable time watching okay. Real Housewives doing stuff. That's always a priority in my self-care Tuesdays is I have Summer House recorded, the Housewives from the Sunday before, and then... You know, so I watch and Top Chef, so I'll watch those. Okay. Yeah. You have you have an agenda. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, my ideal day, I feel like Miss Conge- was it Miss Congeniality yes. day like this week. Um, I would have myself, my friend Storm, Allison, Lena, and we've actually done this day before, and it was several times, and it is the best day. Um, in 
Malibu, there is uh, the Malibu Wine Safari. So you wine safari and they give you three reds and three whites and you go and get animals that are named after like pop culture things. It's hilarious. And then you tootle down the hills and you go to Rosenthal Winery, which is just like so pretty. They always have music. It's across from the ocean. You spend like two to three hours there. And then for dinner, um, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's right on the beach, and they have the best risotto. I know it's really weird to order risotto on the beach, no, but it is the never. best risotto that I've Love ever risotto. had. You end there, you watch the sunset, and then mm. you just go back and watch like a murder documentary or a cult documentary, <laughs> and that is my ideal day, I think. I love that. That sounds great. Yeah. it sounds great. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thank you so much for having us. So much fun. Absolutely. Where would folks find you if they wanted to follow what you're doing? Yes, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, and we're all at LePetiteFetFL. So come find us, follow us, watch our TikToks, share them, and come to one of our dance parties. We're gonna When's have... your next dance party? So we have one, let me pull up, we have a Britney Spears dance party at Will's Pub, and it's going to be in June. Let me just pull up really fast what day it is. And then we have our big one-year anniversary party. It's going to be on, um, it's the one-year anniversary of our event. Okay. And it's going to be on... Um, July, no, June 24th. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. June 24th, my brain is just completely gone, but June 24th at the Abbey, and then we're going to have our Britney Spears night June 10th at Will's Pub, so okay. definitely come out and see us. We'll have all Britney all night, and then um, our one-year anniversary on June 24th is going to be all um, Taylor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Excited. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you for doing some day drinking. Yes, yes. Our favorite activity. It's our favorite yes. time. So <laughs> amazing. Great. All right. Until next time. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. You're welcome. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 